Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Morning, it's 8.30 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. Economic Indicators brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. No 8.30 numbers this morning, but we do have a boatload of indicators coming out over the course of the morning. Starting at 9 o'clock, the S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index. That is for December. So, again, we have talked about that a lot, how that's a, a delayed number. Consumer Confidence. This is uh, the conference board. A lot of people are going to be interested in that uh, to the extent that it reflects what people may expect about buying plans going forward. Richmond Fed is out this morning at 10 and existing home sales, which uh, a lot of people are watching to see uh, for their knock-on effects. Tom's been talking about Home Depot this morning. And, of course, as home sales go up, Home Depot yeah. does better. David Kelly is with us, J.P. Morgan Fund's chief global strategist. And I want to weave these things together because uh, while we were in the break, you started to say something about people looking at the wrong indicators. And I, yeah. I want you to expand on that. Yeah, I, I think that... The- in financial markets, there's always a shortcut of saying, oh, well, look at the yield curve or look at how this stock is performing. And that tells you about the whole economy. And, and I believe that in order to see the big picture, you actually have to have a pretty wide lens. You have to look at literally all the pieces of a, of a macroeconomic model. You've got to look at all the pieces of consumption, investment, government spending. In the short run, it's all about demand, but it's a very wide uh, landscape. You really have to look at all of it. And I think a lot of people made a mistake earlier this year when they saw that, you know, the markets are down and there are some market-related indicators which in the past have indicated economic troubles. And they say, okay, the economy's in recession. The economy isn't in recession. It's not even close to recession. But the way you can see that is actually by adding up all the pieces of demand in the economy rather than trying to take the shortcut of looking at financial market indicators. We're looking at, uh, speaking of demand, um, credit, you know, as part of this whole exercise. And I hadn't quite realized until it's been pointed out to me the uh, last couple of days, uh, for all the talk of a credit crisis out there, bank credit in terms of uh, loans, in terms of uh, commercial real estate and C&I loans, up uh, more than 8% at a year-over-year basis uh, in the latest week. Yeah, the, the, yes, and, and uh, in fact, in, in general, our banking system is extremely well capitalized. I think there has been a lot of reluctance to lend money, partly because of the, the need to build up uh, capital to deal with uh, um, you know, regulatory standards. But uh, overall, the banks are trying to lend more money. Uh, we're seeing that in – we're also seeing it in credit cards, which I think is very interesting. I think that that may be – What do you uh, see in credit cards? You're with J.P. Morgan. You've got a conduit to Mr. Diamond on this? Well, I'm, I, I'm not uh, – I, no, I'm not going to talk about uh, our Jason's business, but but what, if you look at the the government's numbers on sure. credit card debt, they have turned around. And what's happened is for years mm-hmm. the banks were just cutting back on credit card debt because it wasn't worth doing, and now they're yeah. actually lending to lower income and middle income people, and that's helping the economy. Okay, grow. David Kelly, help us then with the general idea that things are pretty good. Home Depot is good. Credit cards are good. The stock market's actually had a hell of a run here the last number of days. And the cacophony of fears wrapped around us. Most Americans don't know how to spell Brexit. We're learning too quickly. Mm -hmm. How do you adapt to the noise that's out there 
given the underlying good economy? Well, it, it's a tough job. Uh, because not only do we have uh, have all the, the foreign issues, we also have a very heated election campaign. And, of course, from all sides, the last thing you want to say is that you're pro-the-establishment or, or that you think things will muddle through and be okay. So you have to talk about why everything is going in a terribly wrong direction and needs to be fixed. I think that is actually stoking fear. Uh, but there is there's a, a lack of fundamental understanding of what's actually going on in the economy. Um, I, I don't think good news never gets much coverage. And I, I think people just uh, mm-hmm. hear all the fear stories. There's a, a, a commentary out from BlackRock this morning that says in, in, investors, bond traders are underestimating the Fed. They're going to get hammered because the Fed is going to be forced by inflation and economic data to raise interest rates more in 2016 than the zero times the market is now expecting. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that, but I think it's very important to understand what the futures market is is not telling us. Um, futures markets are derivative markets. Derivative markets are anchored by arbitrage to cash markets. If you have a completely distorted fixed income market because the actions of central banks all over the world buying long-term bonds and you have a central bank which, of course, anchors the short end, then you've got a distorted cash market. A distorted cash market is actually leading to a distorted derivative market. So the Fed Fund's futures market is not really what the average person on Wall Street or even the average bond trader thinks is going to happen. Brilliantly explained, and it goes back to within these distortions no one within economics, finance, or investment knows where the risk-free rate is. We, it, it's been destroyed. When do we get it back? Well, I'd, I'd certainly like to see it come back. I think I think there's this this nonsensical notion that the that somehow the equilibrium or the neutral federal funds rate has fallen to some level. I don't think the Federal Reserve really understands how. The federal funds rate actually impacts the economy or, or how that short-term interest rate impacts the economy. I think the whole concept of a low neutral rate on it, um, just, you know, if you actually examine it, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's kind of a complicated subject, but it's, uh, we, we really don't know where it is. And I, I think that saying that it's that low is, is probably wrong. You know, let's come back. I think this is really important. Mike, I think we need to update the markets here. There's a churn to the markets, but some real subtleties within it. Look at oil, Mike. You just can't figure out what to do. There was some legit green in oil today, really buttressing up against all the weeks, even months of resistance. And it's just ebbed back. Brent in Europe rounded up to 35 a barrel, 34.61. I'm stretching there, folks. That's a joke. But there it is. Brent down fractionally. West Texas down 36 cents. Oil, or rather gold, rebounds 14, $13, 12.23 the ounce. Uh, uh, this morning, Mike and I are watching yen stronger, much stronger earlier, 112, uh, 06 on a strong yen. That's certainly anti-abinomics. We're going to come back. David Kelly with us with JP Morgan uh, funds with futures negative four. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Mazda White Plains. Visit MazdaWhitePlains.com. Here's John Tucker with the latest news headlines. And Michael and Tom, Republican presidential candidates led by Donald Trump, are drawing cheers in Nevada by bashing China's policies. Even as that nation's tourism, trade, and investment help lift the state for the worst economic decline in the U.S., Chinese commerce has boosted Nevada's tourism and mining industries and money from China's backing a billion-dollar auto plant under construction in the state. A Chinese foreign minister meets with Secretary of State John Kerry for talks this week as each country accuses the other of escalating military tensions in the Western Pacific. The lens the world uses to watch for El Nino events has become a bit fuzzier after Japan cut by about half 
the number of buoys in the western Pacific that monitor changes in the ocean. It will take another four to five offline next year. It's a money-saving move. And Michigan and California each proposing crumbling World War II military sites as ideal locations to test robot cars. Michigan's secret weapon? Better potholes. The Great Lakes State plans to make a test track out of a decrepit 330-acre industrial ghost town it says will mimic real-world driving conditions. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) We call that 58th Street in New York. Oh, easy now. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm John Tucker. Michael and Tomas. Thank you, John. Time now for the Ray Catino Auto Group Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashauer. John. Mike, it was exactly five years ago that the Knicks acquired Carmelo Anthony from Denver. Since then, he's played for four coaches with three general managers and countless teammates. Anthony, who decided to re-sign when he was a free agent, said last night it is challenging to stay positive. A 12th Nick loss in the last 14 games, eighth in the last nine. Toronto won going away at the Garden, 122-95. to Huge night for Kyle Lowry, the kind of point guard the Knicks desperately need. He had 22 points at a triple-double. Knicks coach Kurt Rambis on his defense, or lack thereof. We couldn't find ways to stop him in, in, in our half-court defense, and a lot of that's just pick and rolls. You know, we just can't stop the ball. Uh, and there's a, a, a big part of our communication disappeared in this ball game. Our multiple efforts disappeared in this ball game. But we've got to do a much better job of putting pressure on the ball so that these guards just can't get these great heads of steam. Raptors have won 16 of 19, and with Cleveland losing at home to Detroit, the Raptors are just three out in the east. The Nets won't be back home till mid-March. They start a nine-game trip tonight at Portland. The Rangers will again be without Captain Ryan McDonough tonight. They visit the Devils, who've lost their last three. College hoops, Iona got 32 points from A.J. English, an 87-81 win at Siena. Gales are just a game behind Monmouth and the Mac. The Jets save $8 million of their salary cap by releasing cornerback Antonio Cromartie one year into a four-year contract that was not guaranteed. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. Uh, John, thanks so much. Uh, Jamie Dimon speaking at an Investor Day conference. Um, I, 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 this dovetails into our discussion. We'll continue this forward here uh, in our next section. Uh, Mr. Diamond says U.S. consumer is, quote, the big winner from low oil prices. The counterfactual of that's great, which is if oil prices have been higher, where would we be right now? But uh, maybe we can see some actual tangible evidence as we migrate through the summer on new Low oil prices. Oil thirty three seventeen a barrel on twenty one cents. Brent fractionally green as well. We are with David Kelly of JP Morgan. Stay with us, Bloomberg Surveillance. The sports report brought to you by Ray Katina Auto Group. Everyone deserves to drive a Mercedes-Benz from Ray Katina. Make it happen at Ray Katina Motor Car and Edison Ray Katina of Union and the renewed Ray Katina Freehold or go to RayKatina.com.